Welcome to episode 229. I'm Stuart McCullough, I'm the CEO of VHA. And joining me for this week's discussion is Maria Coppola, Senior Workplace Relations Consultant. Welcome, Maria. Thank you, Stuart. Maria, you know the drill. We're going to play a clue which will suggest the subject for today's discussion is going to be in three parts. The first one will appear on screen now. Having seen that piece of footage, Maria, any initial impressions? Uh, no, I, I don't know what's going on in, in that video clip. There's a lot of running, uh, it has to be said. Let's let's uh, go to clip number two. Does that uh, shed any light? Um. I imagine it's uh, some something to do with working. Uh, I'm not, I'm not 100 sure. Okay, so I'm def definitely going to say getting warmer uh, on, on that one. Let's go to the third clip. So, Maria, uh, what would you say that the subject for today's discussion would be? And just for the benefit of those, actually, before I do that, um, for the benefit of those who are listening rather than watching, how would you describe what it is you've just seen? Um, oh no, this is really bad. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think. No, no, I think you pretty much captured the spirit of it when you said this is really bad. I think that okay. is a fair and accurate description of what it is that you've uh, just seen uh, as such. But based on that uh, fairly bad had uh, footage of someone running down a road and clapping hands and smiling ghoulishly. What would you say that the subject for today's discussion is? Um, public holidays. Public holidays. Yes, <laughs> no, traditionally people use a car to get away as opposed to running down freeways on a road, but that's a very good guess. So that footage was from uh, a Mick Jagger solo record called Let's Work. And uh, that does two things. Firstly, it's a hint as to today's discussion, which is about workload. And we're going to be uh, going through a clause under the proposed new medical scientists agreement that deals with that subject. The second purpose that those clips serve is it provides definitive evidence as to the usefulness of Keith Richards as such. But uh, Maria, in every round of bargaining, there's uh, there are usually some standout subjects, uh, particular areas of focus. And in the most recent round, there's no doubt uh, that the issue that was discussed more than any other really was uh, workload and terms associated with workload. Yeah, and those is issues, whilst always important, have taken on an even greater significance given the workloads experienced during the pandemic. So this is a, a circumstance where we're going to be focusing on an existing term that has been varied in the most recent negotiation round. We're discussing Clause 33, Workload. So normally at this point, we'd invite people to read along at, uh, at home, uh, but on this occasion, that's that's not quite possible. That's right. So the replacement agreement has been drafted and will shortly be submitted to government for approval, after which it will go to ballot. Uh, but we're using that time whilst those steps are, are unfolding uh, to prepare these podcasts in advance so that members can get their heads around key changes ahead of the ballot and to support the implementation process. So let's start at Clause 33. 
So the current clause 33 starts with something of a declaration. Um, the first part is the employer acknowledges the benefits to both the organisation and individual employees gained through employees having a balance between their professional and family life. So that term will remain unchanged in the new agreement. So what, what purpose does a term like that serve? So really it's a statement of principle that reminds us that that balance is really important um, for a range of things, including productivity, sustainability and safety. And this is reinforced by the next clause, which talks about the employer further recognises that the allocation of work must include consideration of the employee's hours of work, health, safety and welfare. And again, Maria, that's an existing term that's unchanged in the new agreement. It is. Um, the next term, however, has been redrafted. So this next part talks about where work will be allocated so that an employee does not work routinely beyond their ordinary hours of work to complete their duties. And the allocation of work does not require working before or after rostered ordinary hours working through meal or rest breaks, or undertaking work at home, which is not part of an agreed work from home arrangement. So what are the changes here? So the previous term referred to not allocating work such that you need to routinely work beyond your ordinary hours of work. Which is similar to what we've just seen. Uh, and the message is quite simple. Uh, if the allocated work routinely requires additional hours than you need, additional EFT. The existing clause then discusses the circumstances in which reasonable overtime is worked. Um, whereas the new subclause really expands on that notion of what allocating work within ordinary hours means by stating that it does not require uh, working before or after rostered ordinary hours, working through meal or rest breaks or doing work at home, unless that's part of an agreed working from home arrangement. Uh, Maria, why does it single out those particular situations? So if you need to routinely work before or after hours or through your breaks, then there's a mismatch in terms of the amount of work and the hours available to perform that work. Uh, and in the case of meal and rest breaks, I think it's worth emphasising that these are entitlements uh, that need to be provided uh, other than in exceptional circumstances. Yeah, that's right. Um, the next subclause addresses the effect of working additional hours. So um, subject to the provisions of this agreement, all work performed by an employee, including time in addition to their ordinary rostered hours, shall be paid. So this is an amended provision. It is. Um, the existing term states that where overtime is required, the overtime clause applies. This is really making the point that hours worked are hours paid. Uh, and that may be it's over time, depending on the circumstances. Um, you know, it's always possible for people to agree to additional ordinary hours, but the, the key message is that it's paid time. That's of particular importance, given that a failure to pay could give rise to claims of underpayment. Just a reminder, as always, that underpayment uh, can give rise to, to claims of a breach of um, the uh, claims of wage theft uh, as, as such. Uh, and claims of underpayment in some circumstances, um, uh, as we were saying, can lead to claims of a criminal offence, but there is that real interest in uh, that everybody shares in terms of reducing that risk and ensuring that these clauses are front of mind. 
The next term um, is unchanged and it concerns consultation in specific circumstances. So uh, in the event that particular workload or staffing issues are identified at individual healthcare facilities or services, the employer agrees to consult with employees and their nominated representative in relation to such matters. So consultation is interesting here. So consultation is something that we automatically associate with change uh, and organisational change. Um, but it's also a central requirement to health and safety issues. That's right. So consultation and safety go hand in glove. Um, there is an additional term that's intended to support consultation as follows. So to inform the consultation, the employer will provide relevant information that will provide clarification to the workload or staffing issues. Information that could be relevant is outlined at clause 17.10. So I know the description there is could be relevant. Uh, so whether certain information is relevant or not will depend on the circumstances, but it does refer to another subclause, specifically subclause 17.10. What's in subclause 17.10? That concerns the Workplace Implementation and Compliance Committee at subclause C. It contains the following terms. So in addition, each employer shall provide to the WIC on a regular basis information which would provide insight into workload. Relevant information could include current EFT by department, vacancies, personal leave levels, planned and unplanned absences in accordance with clause 34.8, number of complaints relevant to workload, notifiable incidents, annual leave accruals and overtime. So what's, uh, what's significant about these types of information? So in short, this is the kind of information that can tell you something about workload. It's not infallible and it doesn't automatically indicate that there's something that must or even can change. But this kind of information can be something of a canary in a coal mine. And that connection between consultation and information is a change under the new term. It is. So disputes over this subject have often been subjective. Uh, this is trying to make sure that discussions are more evidence-based and constructive. So speaking bluntly, where workload disputes have arisen under this agreement, having a constructive discussion has sometimes been challenging. And we can expect that the discussion around workload will be ongoing uh, and it's appropriate that the discussion is informed. So that takes us to the second subclause of Clause 33. This term is an existing provision that's unchanged. Um, to refresh people's memory, here, here it is on screen. So 1.2 is staffing. The employer will ensure that it is sufficiently staffed and resourced so as to enable each employee to perform all aspects of their role position during their ordinary hours, take rest intervals and meal breaks provided by this agreement, and take leave provided for by this agreement. Which really complements the term that we saw before. Moving, Maria, now to subclause three, the first part is an existing term with one addition. Yeah, and it's up on screen now. So um, clause 33.3 .3 talks about allocation of work and the employer will allocate work to each employee so that they can perform all aspects of their duty during their ordinary hours of work, including but not limited to clinical duties, administrative and clerical duties, managerial and super supervisory duties, educational duties, attending meetings, and for psychologists, clinical supervision. And the, uh, that supervision, uh, psychologist supervision is the new component, but the second half of the term then complements the provision we looked at earlier. 
It does. It makes clear that the phrase all aspects of their duties during their ordinary hours excludes unpaid work as follows. So it be the reference to all aspects of their duties during their ordinary hours in 33.8 excludes unpaid work such as but not limited to additional time worked before or after rostered ordinary hours, working through meal or rest breaks um, and undertaking work at home, which is not part of a work from home arrangement. The next subclause uh, actually comes out of discussions for a memorandum of understanding between the department and the union that wasn't a product of bargaining as such. That's right. It's a general statement around pharmacy staffing ratios. So it provides that um, so in setting pharmacy <coughs> staffing and workload levels, the employer will have regard to the Victorian Pharmacy Authority's guidelines with respect to the standards of the Society of Hospital Pharmacists, staffing levels and structures for the provision of pharmacy services, so SHPA ratios, uh, and that is attached in Schedule 13 of the agreement. SHPA ratios are an agreed goal of employers and the HSU, and action will be taken during this agreement to commence the process of having SHPA ratios applied across Victorian public pharmacy services as soon as possible. So it should be said that one of the products of that memorandum of understanding is to direct additional EFT uh, into pharmacy. And uh, that won't meet ratios in a universal sense, but it will still constitute a significant increase in pharmacy numbers. Uh, the clause expressly also deals with uh, disputes. It does at subclause five. So it provides that disputes about workload can be progressed either through the dispute settlement procedure or the independent dispute resolution panel. Uh, which will be the subject of a separate podcast, but in a nutshell, the panel is intended to support quick and efficient resolution of disputes using expertise from within the sector. Yeah. And there was something similar in the nurses agreement, but it's new to this agreement and it'll be interesting to see how it works and whether it results in improvements to dispute resolution. And finally, the term refers to the Workplace Implementation and Compliance Committee. Which is a new name for the existing agreement implementation committee. So having gone uh, through clause 33 now from start to finish, how would you summarise the key points? So what Clause 33 does is articulate that workload needs to fit within the flags, that is within paid hours, uh, and that certain things are indicators that workload needs to be managed. Uh, and workload can be managed in terms of EFT or identifying modifications to work allocation. Uh, it can be the case that work tasks can accumulate and it's good to review them from time to time and consider whether there's anything that doesn't need to be done or can be done by someone else or can be done more efficiently or which tasks are most important and should be completed within the available hours. Maria, thank you for taking us through the amended Clause 33. I don't think there's any better way to end this podcast than with a little bit more of Mick Jagger and his, uh, and his song, Let's Work. Thanks, Maria. Thanks, Stuart.